Hey y'all, welcome to Adorn Podcast, episode five. I'm really excited because we're starting off a new series on theology. In today's episode, we're going to tackle defining theology, really talking about what it is and what it's not. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So I always think it's really important to give ourselves a clear definition of something before we go any further in talking about it. So we looked up a few different definitions about theology. I like to start with Google because I think it just puts us all on the same playing field. We all know what Google is. And even though it's not obviously a Christian resource, sometimes it gives us a clear, concise answer. So if you were to Google theology, what you would find is that it says it is the study of the nature of God and religious belief. That's pretty good. Just basic definition. Good old Google. Gotta love it. (laughs) I really like this definition. It's um, by C.S. Lewis, and he says, theology means science of God. And I think any man who wants to think about God at all would like to have the clearest and most accurate ideas about him, which are available. I love this definition because when I'm um, kind of defending the fact that I like to study theology, I often tell people that. I tell them, well, I love God, and so, of course, I want to get to know Him as deeply as I can. So I really like that definition. That's a good one. I also like this one I found by J.I. Packer. It says, theology is first the activity of thinking and speaking about God, and second, the product of that activity. I think that's such a good um, way to describe it because knowledge of God can't exist in a vacuum. It should lead to a change in lifestyle and a desire to share with others. He goes on to say, theology is for doxology and devotion. That is the praise of God and the practice of godliness. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Um, Another definition that we found is by St. Augustine, and he says that Uh, theology is faith seeking understanding and that's simple but I just think it's so good because faith leads you to seek a deeper understanding and so I love that it's easy to just say well I just have faith and not try to actually understand anything beyond that but it should lead you to a deeper understanding so I like that a lot I like that one too because I like how he didn't say faith seeking knowledge but instead he says faith-seeking yeah. understanding because yes. that's that's a big difference. Small change in word, but mm-hmm, a big difference. For sure. So now we kind of have a grounded sense of what the word actually means. What do you think of, Casey, when you hear the word theology? So it's hard for me to just put it into like just a one-sentence definition of what I think when I hear theology because it's been different for me in different seasons of my life. I think all the way back to when I was a child sitting in church and we would have these forever long business meetings. I mean, they were probably all of like 15 minutes or something, but to a child, it seemed like a long time. And I remembered sometimes the discussions would get somewhat heated and I would hear people arguing and I would hear the word theology thrown around. And so to me, it was just this thing that caused 
um, arguments and a little bit of um, division. division and conflict in the church. And so I would have said at that point in my life, I would have rolled my eyes and said, boring for one. <laughs> and why does it really matter if it's just going to cause division? And so um, then into early adolescence, I really thought that theology was just something that church leadership used to kind of throw around and sound smart and put themselves in this place of authority. Once again, I had been taught all my life that it's all about grace and it's all about Jesus. And so I didn't understand, well, if he saved you, if you, if you're saved by grace through faith, then why do we need to know this other stuff? So I thought people just used it as a way to sound smart. Then leading into college, I came to this point where I thought that theology and a deeper understanding of who God was was kind of out of reach. I felt like, you know, I wasn't going to school for some sort of religion degree. I wasn't going to seminary. And so I thought, this is for people that are much more well-read than I was, that um, were smarter than me. And so I thought, well, there's just, there's no way I can understand what they understand. No way I could ever keep up with that type of discussion. And so it's just not for me. I'm not smart enough. Then um, fast forward about 10 years and I realized that during that time in college, it actually sparked an interest and a desire to go deeper. And I I'm kind of that personality type, whereas if you tell me I can't do something, I'm like, oh, well, just watch mm-hmm. me. I sure can. I can relate so to that. So I think it kind of ate away at me that I thought, well, those people are just too smart and I'll never be able to be as smart as them because over the years, I've realized, wait a second, like I'm just as smart as they they are and I can learn too. And so... Fast forward and I just kind of started having discussions with people and there's been some people in my life, Erin being one of them, my sister-in-law Susan being another, that have really inspired me um, to a deeper understanding of God and who He is and they've encouraged me in the fact that I can do this. I am smart. God gave me brains and he gave me these resources and he's um, ignited this desire to, and a love for reading that I didn't have before. I did not like reading growing up and I love reading now and I just love learning about him and who he is. And so I would say now the word theology actually stirs my affections for God. And I'm in a place where learning about him and his character and who he is, his holiness, his righteousness, just everything about him just makes me so excited and makes me fall in love with him more. So that's where I am now. It's been different in different seasons, but um, it's it's evolved into this beautiful thing. So that's what theology means to me right now. I love that because I think everybody listening can relate to at least part of that. You know, everybody I think has a different journey and it's going to look different for everyone, but I love that you're just honest about, okay, I honestly had no care for it before and how God's kind of given you a desire for it to get to know him more. And that if maybe you're in that place where you're like, where Casey was saying where she was, you know, in college, not feeling smart enough, or maybe you're in that place where you're like, oh, that's only for church leaders. Like you can pray and God can give you a desire for theology, which is a really cool concept. Yes, for sure. So Aaron, what do you think of when you hear the word theology? 
Um, so for me, it's kind of a funny story. I think I've mentioned before, um, my husband and I started dating in high school and at the time he was not a Christian, um, which like I say, kind of speaks to where I was in my walk at the time. And, um, we just kind of grew together and the Lord, you know, is sovereign over all things. And he knew what was going to happen. And, um, Jesus just did a work in Taylor's heart and, before we got engaged, Taylor became a Christian. And so we decided, okay, we're going to get married. We're going to, you know, really do this. Let's, let's take a class or something at church. And so we decided to take this 13 week doctrine and theology class. And it was amazing. It was completely transformative for both of us. But I just look back now and think like, poor Taylor, poor husband. He went from, you know, just not really knowing, seeking answers, God doing a work in his heart to boom, like (laughs) 13 week doctrine and theology, like top level. We had to read so much. We went through the book, Systematic Theology, which we're going to talk more about in this episode. But just like, how amazing that is that he even was willing to do that. And so I kind of think back to that class and the way I kind of think of theology is just taking complicated things that we might not understand when we read our Bibles and then kind of digging into them deeper. So it's kind of a always been to me a digging deeper um, and kind of putting scriptures together from different places in the word to tackle all the same topic. Um, So it's never like the basis of your study, but as you're doing your study and reading your Bible and growing in biblical literacy, like we talked about last week, um, theology is just a way to kind of go deeper through that. I like the way C.S. Lewis explains it. He has this um, analogy that he talks about where theology is like a map, um, which that might sound kind of weird, but a map is made and confirmed by hundreds or thousands of people who have traveled before you and have knowledge about a certain area. So theology is kind of like that in the in the respect that um, theology in different types of books that you may find um, are not necessarily um, as authoritative as scripture, but they are written by and confirmed by many other people who have traveled before you and studied these concepts as well. And so um, it helps us to further our understanding of God by seeking the guidance and wisdom of um other theologians. Mm -hmm. For example, if you've spent more than five minutes in the church, you may have heard um, the word the Trinity, the Godhead, three in one. Um, This is a really um, deep, complex theological topic. And it's almost even Christianese, if you will, to say three in one and like just expect everybody to know what you're talking about when it's way more complex than that. But um, when we try to think, okay, I read this in my Bible, I've been studying it, I need some more kind of going deeper here, then we can look to other books like systematic theology or concise theology books or commentaries to further our understanding. So the basis of our study is in the word. Um, I think J.I. Packer has a good quote on this. He says, theology is healthiest when it's consciously under the eye of God whom it speaks and when it's singing his glory. Mm, I love that. Yes, that's so good. Um, So we talked a little bit about what theology is. So uh, we thought we would also talk a little bit about what it is not. And I actually have a little bit of a funny story to tell about this. So um, it's not so that we can know everything about God. And the other day we were sitting at Chewy's eating lunch and, you know, over a big basket of chips and that 
oh, so delicious creamy jalapeno. We're just enjoying <laughs> our lunch. And Jonathan and I were actually talking about the Trinity, which Aaron just um, mentioned. And we were just having this discussion about what different people think and some different beliefs about the Trinity. And Cadence, my eight-year-old, says to me, Mommy, Mommy. And I thought, oh, she's going to ask for more water. She wants more creamy jalapeno, something. <laughs> I didn't know she was listening to us at all. And she says, Mommy, you know, you'll never know everything about God. And in this moment, I couldn't help but smile because I realized, wow, my sweet girl, number one, she's listening to our conversation at the table and she hears that we're talking about God and how much we love him and um, how much he's just a part of our everyday conversation. But number two, he's, she's been listening to what we've been telling her at home and at church, what her Sunday school teachers have been telling her about how we won't ever know everything about God. And so we went on to talk about how if we were able to know everything about God, he wouldn't be worthy of our worship. Um, He's all-knowing and all-powerful, and that's why he's worthy of our worship. So we'll never know everything there is to know about him. Um, Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father, and we are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And so it makes me think, if you were to think about a potter with the clay, the clay doesn't know what the potter's going to make it into. It just has to be moldable and just, it just does whatever the potter wants it to do. And that's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be like a piece of clay on that wheel thing, whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I don't know a potter, <laughs> obviously. But we're just supposed to be a piece of clay just willing to be molded by our father and we'll never know everything about him but um we should just be there for him to mold and to change and to use for whatever purpose he has planned for our life and so I just thought that was really good um that Cadence brought that up because so often when we're studying theology I feel like sometimes we can get into um, the, all the knowledge and we just get into it so deep that we forget that we won't know everything. And sometimes we can get stuck on things and just try so hard to understand them. But it is important to remember that God's good and he's mysterious for a reason. Mm-hmm. So That's good. Yeah, that's, that's really one good. thing that theology is not for. Yeah, it's not for us to sound holier than thou. Yes, or, yes exactly. exactly. That's good. I think another thing that's important to note is that it's not, theology is not there to improve on the Bible. Um, I think this is something we might not even consciously start to shift into, but it's just important for us to remember that the Bible is sufficient and that the Bible is um, God's holy spoken word and that um, we should not ever turn to theology as a way to improve on the Bible. Yes. But it is extremely helpful to um have the benefit of the work of others who have searched through scripture and found answers to these various topics, as um, he says in Systematic Theology. It is very helpful, but it should always just be as a supplement to our study of the word. And I think you touched on that a little bit earlier about how it's important to sit under people that have have studied these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's really good. Another thing that theology is not, it's not just knowledge. Um, the point of studying theology should never be for head knowledge or mm-hmm. to sound holier, as we mentioned earlier, or to be able to argue theological debates, mm-hmm. which I touched on earlier a little <laughs> bit and some things that I saw growing up. And that's the reason that I thought that 
it was such a bad thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, people are just studying this so they can argue with each other. So what's the point? That is not what it's for. The focus must be on knowing God more in order for it to infiltrate every aspect of our life from how we mother to how we live on mission to how we comfort our friends, how we're a wife, how we are a student, just everything all under the purpose of God being glorified through our lives. Um, John Piper says it should lead us to know him truly and worship him duly. And that's just, I love that quote so much. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think it's um, important for us to kind of pause here and note, like, what does it look like for the gospel and theology to kind of work together? Mm -hmm. And what I found is, and we kind of touch on this in both of our um, history with the word theology, but there seems to be two types of people. Would you agree, Casey? Yes, two kind of extremes. Sure. If you think of kind of like a spectrum, there's two extremes. There's people who get so focused on theology and doctrine. And before we move on, we should kind of define that. Do you want to kind of define theology yes. and doctrine? Yes. Yeah, so when I think of it, and um, I think this definition kind of comes from systematic theology, which we said we were going to refer to a lot, <laughs> and we are. <laughs> but um, he talks about how theology is the practice or the action of studying God and doctrine is what comes from that so it's the result of those studies so it's the beliefs that you land on from the studying of God good so sometimes we might use it interchangeably but just so you kind of have an idea what we mean so the the spectrum there's kind of two sides to the spectrum if we're thinking of extremes some people get so focused on the theology and the doctrine um, that they kind of lose sight that our focus should actually be on the gospel and God's grace and how we are saved by that and just are focused on doctrine and not necessarily focused on living out those doctrines that they believe in. And then on the other end of the spectrum, if you're a visual person and you're picturing, I literally have my arms outside to side <laughs> right does. now because <laughs> I should have been Italian. I use my hands a lot. So the other end of that spectrum is people who, like Casey referred to, if it's all about faith and grace, what's the point of studying? So that's kind of a big spectrum and maybe take a second and kind of look at your heart and think, where am I on this spectrum? Am I too focused on the theology and doctrine that I'm not trusting in God and living out the way he's called me to? Or am I too focused on that it's all about grace and faith without seeking understanding what I truly believe? And I think there's kind of a balance there. There's kind of a tension Mm -hmm. that we live between of doing both. And finding that tension has to be found in discernment from God and the Holy Spirit. But I think it's really important to note um, this idea that we think experiencing God is the ultimate. Mm -hmm. Where how do you know if you're experiencing God if you don't know about God? I think of it like as, um, think about rain. So if you were to just go out and it started raining, you'd be like super frustrated if you knew nothing about rain. You're just experiencing the rain. And I have a weird pet peeve. I don't like people splashing me. (laughs) I knew you were going to talk about that. (laughs) I don't like getting wet. I don't like being splashed. It's like a weird obsessive pet peeve thing that I have. So I would go out there and I would be like, I hate rain. I hate it. I don't want anything to do with it. But if you were to study it and understand that the rain is essential for life, the water is needed for the plants to survive. So the study of the rain, so that would be like the, um, what we're relating to theology helps us understand the experience. So theology is what transforms our experience. So if you were to say, I just want to experience God, you won't really truly be able to do that the way you're supposed to without having the theology piece. So like I said, there's kind of a tension here that we live between 
understanding and seeking the knowledge, seeking the understanding of God, but then also reminding ourselves that it's not our salvation dependent. Like we are only saved by grace through faith. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of ways that we can kind of work on living in that tension and um, not get pulled one way or the other. And I think one Erin kind of alluded to when she said we needed the Holy Spirit, but I think it's through prayer. I think spending time before we sit down to study or to get into the word, um, I think spending some time with God in prayer and just saying, open my eyes to what you have to say to me and what your word says. Um, Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. So we can ask him for that. We can ask him to open our our eyes to what he has to say. And I think another thing that will help us live in that tension is community. I was talking to Aaron earlier about this and I said, I don't think... There's anything that keeps you more humble than talking about stuff with your husband and your close friends because they'll be the first ones to say, wait a second, you're thinking about that might not be right or you're kind of getting a big big head when it comes to theology and you're just focused on the knowledge and you're not focused on the relationship or you're forgetting about grace. Where's Mm -hmm. the grace in all of this or whatever. So those people that love you the most, they're going to be the ones to help you figure out how to live in that balance. That's really good. I think for me personally, and I'm just going to be super honest and vulnerable here, like prayer is my weakest spiritual discipline. And so hearing Casey say that is like very convicting for me because I a lot of times forget that prayer piece or don't put as enough emphasis on it and um, might just approach reading without even praying about it first. So that's something I definitely want to grow in because I think that is a huge part of it and sometimes something we neglect. Okay, so now that we're talking about this, we talked about the what what it is and what it's not, we're going to kind of shift and move into, okay, now we understand the value of it, but how do we go about it? And um, it all sounds great in theory and maybe um, just kind of like above us, but it's kind of overwhelming when you think about putting it into practice. So um, just remember that he made the gospel and himself a mystery so so that we would keep asking questions to grow in intimacy with him. My mom actually said that the other day, and I thought it was so good. I was like, ooh, I'm stealing that. Because, Debbie Riley quote yes, right there. Yes, <laughs> it is, and it's so true, and it's so good, because yes. if everything was revealed to us, you know, at the point of us um, putting our faith and trust in God, then we wouldn't keep searching. That's so true. And I've never thought about it that way. I've always been kind of frustrated by the mm-hmm. mystery piece of it because I am someone who likes to know everything and wants to know why. And it sometimes frustrates me, for being honest, for me to just stop and rest mm-hmm. in the fact that I might not ever know. But um, I think that's such a good point my mom was making is that he made it a mystery so we would keep searching for him. Like I almost think of like hide and seek with your kids. Like you hide somewhere, not where they absolutely can't find you because you want them to find you, but you hide somewhere. You don't also just stand in the middle of the room. Here I am. Like you hide so that they'll come find you. I thought that was so good. Oh yeah, that's so so good. And also it makes me think about how, you can read the same verse of scripture like 10 times and each time get something different. And I think it's because God wants you to keep coming back to his word. I mean, the first time you read something, you may get one thing and then the next time it's something different and the scripture is living and active. And 
every time we come to it, God could reveal reveal something completely different to us. And he wants us to keep coming back to his scripture. And so I think that's another reason that it's somewhat mysterious. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And that's good and exciting. So what are some practical ways that we can grow in theological formation? So I think we've already said this, but I want to just make sure we really get the point across that the first should always be read your Bible. Um, Like Casey said, I think that's such a beautiful thing that every time we come back, we can get something different and the Lord can highlight something new to us and teach us. Even if we've read that passage, we're like, oh, I already read that. I don't think I needed to read it again. Absolutely. That's not true. That um, your Bible should be the biggest resource in growing in in your um, understanding of theology. Yeah, I think another one we already touched on, but um, it's worth mentioning again, and that would be prayer. Just we need the Holy Spirit to grow in that theological formation. I think it keeps us grounded. It keeps um, the aspect of relationship in the forefront forefront of our mind, and it helps us remember why we are growing in theology to begin with. It's, it's all about that relationship, and it's all about where our heart lies. So that's important. Yeah, that's good. It kind of leads into um, the next one, which we were going to talk about was humility. We um, alluded to this, but I think especially if you're like me and you like to know all the answers, it's very important to have humility be a big part of this. And this is something that ties with prayer because you can pray for that humility and just to remind yourself, I'm never going to know everything and that's okay. I'm, you know, I am not all knowing and God is. And on that same note, theology should never lead to pride. And we'll talk to this um, more next episode, but it should definitely never lead to pride. And if you feel those, um, just those tendencies of pride rising up in your flesh to just stop immediately and ask for humility um, in those moments. Um, I think another practical resource that we've talked about several times already is systematic theology. And I'm sitting here looking at the book and it is huge. (laughs) And so I'm going to be real honest about something. We have had it in our closet for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think our first year of marriage is when Jonathan bought it, or maybe he, he might've even gotten it in college. Um, and I have never once opened it until just a few months ago because mm-hmm. it's huge, but it is an excellent resource. It's not a book that you'll necessarily necessarily read from cover to cover, right. but it is an absolutely amazing resource. Um, another good resource is a book called Theology for Kids, and we are almost all the way through it, and it is great. It breaks down these theological topics for kids in a way that they can understand it, but it's also great for adults, too. Oh, I use it. When yes. I was talking about the Trinity, I went to that yes. theology book and looked up on the page of the mm-hmm. Trinity. It's really good. Yeah, it's excellent. The um, illustrations it gives, and it's it's just been, and it uses scripture. Every single chapter uses scripture, and it's just a really, really good resource to have. Isn't there a shorter um, book of systematic theology, too? Yes, it's by the same person, Wayne, Wayne Grudem, and it's called Christian Beliefs, and I think it just kind of summarizes things in a little bit more condensed mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. I don't have it, but I've heard great things about it too. Yeah. I really also like J.I. Packer's Concise the um, concise Theology. Yeah. It's a good one too. Nice and concise, just mm-hmm. like it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think another thing that we should talk about is just the importance of sitting under the teaching of multiple um, theologians. You don't ever want to just position yourself where you're only hearing teaching from one And that doesn't mean hop churches or anything like that. We are firm believers in membership in a local church. But I think it's also important to 
um, as you're trying to grow in your theology, read books by different well-known, respected theologians to see um, maybe differing beliefs on things. And then also there's so many amazing resources out there. Lots of wonderful podcasts um, like this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then also just sermons. Like there's a lot of really great sermons out there that are now made available, which is such a wonderful thing about living in this day and age. Mm -hmm. We have so much access to things that um, can just really help us grow in our theological formation. We really do. I think another way we can just grow practically is through healthy and civil conversations with other believers. Um, I think that talking to other believers can bring a different perspective, maybe even present questions that you haven't thought of before. And I think there's a couple of different ways you can do this. It can be a little more formal situation, um, such as more of a discipleship relationship where you have someone that is maybe a little bit ahead of you in their walk or just in life in general Mm -hmm. and they can disciple you um in different areas or vice versa maybe you're going to grab someone that's a little bit younger than you or a little bit um maybe behind you in their walk and you can disciple them and grow together and um that can look different that can be meeting up once every few weeks for coffee, but having kind of a set plan, what you're going to talk about and what you're going to study together. I think another way to do that is just kind of a little bit more natural way. And that's with your community, your community of friends. And um, at our church, we have what's called life groups. And um, you can have these conversations and grow together in that way. We also have, um, I've mentioned it, I think on the first episode, but we do Monday night coffee. And like this week there was only three of us and we ended up talking theology the whole time. It was time. awesome. It was so great and refreshing. And it was that, that healthy conversation that I'm referring to. She, um, the other lady that was there brought up some, some things that Aaron and I hadn't thought about before. And it's led us to really dig in this week. And it was just so good, so good for our souls. And just, it's just really good. It's a good way to grow because I believe that that's how we're supposed to do life anyway, is Mm -hmm. through community. And so yeah, that's one of my favorite ways to grow in theology is talking with my friends. And it, and, and I love that because it might be kind of awkward at first. Like, yeah. man, can I bring that up right now? They're going to think I'm weird, yes. whatever it is. But it's so great when you can and just have those conversations. It's I love it. Yes. So awesome. Um, another thing that I'm kind of dealing with right now in as far as growing in theology and my understanding is to just be brave and read things that you don't understand, which like I mentioned, I don't like that feeling. I just want to know the answers, but it's been really good um, to help me grow in that humility, but also to just try to grow in my understanding by reading things that are challenging. And um, especially as moms, sometimes I think we get in this pattern of, you know, talking to our kids and talking lighthearted about things. And so it might be refreshing for you Mm -hmm. to do something that you don't understand and read something you don't understand. And I'm reading a book right now that I literally have to stop after every paragraph, stop, think for like two minutes. What is he saying? Okay. What does that actually mean? And then move on. And it's been a challenge, but I've really liked it. And I think, um, Just give yourself a challenge of reading something that you don't understand. I think another way that we can practically grow is to use a catechism. Mm. Um, Can you kind of explain what that is? Yeah, so it's basically questions and answers for basic theological beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that 
as a Christian, you should know. Um, you probably don't because I didn't know all of it. I still don't. I'm still mm. working through it. But I think that it just gives you a good foundation. And they have different ones, different denominations, have different catechisms. And um, then like the one we use has a revised kids version that's much shorter. But um, it's just a really good thing to to give you that foundation for what you believe. And Erin, um, do you want to expand on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I thought catechism was just a thing that they used to do. I didn't realize that was still something people do. And I at first honestly thought it sounded kind of weird. But then I, um, Casey sent it to me and I started doing it with my kids and I actually love it. There's also one that you can do by song and um, we can link that in our show yes, notes. We'll show it's notes. really great. My girls love it and they're singing it all the time. People probably think they're crazy, but I just, I have learned from it to be totally honest. And, and like this should hopefully encourage everybody, but, um, I've been leading and I've been on leadership in my church and leading Bible studies. Uh, but I found out that God doesn't have a body. Like I had never heard that before. So this was like a totally new theological understanding for me that I learned from the catechism that I'm not sure when I would have come in contact with that idea before that. But yeah, it says that God has a spirit, not a body like men. Mm -hmm. And I never knew that. And it's backed up with scripture. We looked, Casey and I looked it up after because we're like, where did they get that? So I just think it's a really great practical way. And it just instills in your kids or in yourself these simple truths Mm -hmm. that you can rely on. Like, um, Casey, didn't you say that something came up in a book you were reading and so you stopped and asked Cadence? Yes. You should tell yes. me. Yes. Um, and I, a lot of you have probably probably read with your kids the book Wonder. They were talking about how Augie's body and his um, how his chromosomes were all different and how that happened just because of chance. And so... Cadence looked at me and I said, Cadence, is that true? And she said, no. And I said, why not? Why did God make you? And she was able to say, for his own glory. And through the simple truths in the catechism, she was able to tell me that God made each of us for a purpose and he made us the way he wants us for his glory. Mm -hmm. And so just by going through those simple truths, she was able to read a book and say, wait, that is not true. That is not what the Bible says. This is what's true. And as a mom, that just gives me so much comfort knowing that she'll be able to face these things that aren't necessarily what we believe as believers, as Christians, but she'll be able to say like, no, that's not the truth. And she'll be able to discern that. And so the catechism has been wonderful for us. I highly recommending finding a catechism that you align with, with your theology and your beliefs and teach that to yourself and to your children. What's the one we do? Um, the Westminster right. catechism okay. is the one we do. Yeah. yeah. And we'll link it in the show notes. So we thought it would be a good way for us to end to kind of talk about what theological doctrine we've been studying right now. How about you, Case? Okay, so right now I have been studying, as I said earlier, over baskets of chips and salsa, um, (laughs) the Trinity. We are going to do a series um, probably in about a month or so on the Trinity. And so that's something that I've been really digging into and just learning a lot about. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. What about you, Erin? I've been dealing with uh, dealing. (laughs) 
I've been studying about election, which I think this is probably, I don't know if it's the most, but um, one of the most heated um, theological doctrines. But I'm teaching through right now at our local Bible study, I've been teaching through Ephesians chapter one. We just um, went over. And so I really just like poured myself into that um, theological doctrine of election to try to present it in a way that was truly biblically sound. Um, what about, are there any doctrines that you feel like you really don't know much about that you would love to learn more about? Yeah. I mean, surely there's a lot, but the first one that comes to mind is baptism. I never really knew that was even a theological doctrine. And I honestly don't really know much about it. I've only ever seen people be baptized. I've been baptized, but I don't understand the theology behind it. How about you? I think for me, this is actually... The question that Katie brought up a little bit on Monday night, but it's women's role in the church. Mm -hmm. This seems to be something that's being brought to the forefront um, more and more. And so this is something I really would like to dig into more. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah. It's a good one. We are so excited that you listened um, to this episode today about theology, what it is, and how you can grow in theology. And next week, we want to dive into a little bit more about why it's so important. And we always like to leave you with some scripture or an encouraging quote. And today's comes from Psalms 119, and it's actually the verse that my husband has a tattoo of. So it's verses 33 through 35. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for there I find delight. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. Our music today was by Katie Cobb's Music.